This is The Guardian. I'm Jane Lee, coming to you from Wurundjeri Land, and this is The Full Story. Hello, folks. Mr. Prime Minister, uh, it's wonderful to have you by my side here at the White House. And as we advance our alliance even more, more than has already been advanced, it's strong now, it's getting stronger. In the space of just two weeks, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese will have met with two of the world's most powerful leaders, US President Joe Biden and China's President Xi Jinping. Look, dialogue is always a good thing. And so the visit to China uh, symbolises the uh, normalisation, a more stable relationship. Central to both meetings is the AUKUS deal to buy nuclear-powered submarines from the United States, designed to deter a potential war with China. So can the Albanese government strengthen its alliance with Washington while repairing ties with Beijing? Today, Australia walks the fine diplomatic line between the United States and China. It's Thursday, the 2nd of November. 
There's another piece of the puzzle about export controls. Basically, the US has very stringent laws on the export of defence technology, and it's pretty widely seen as very bureaucratic and very cumbersome. And Congress also needs to sign off on extra US funding for its own shipbuilding needs because Republicans have raised some concerns that the sale of submarines to Australia will shortchange its own needs. And that's why when Albanese was in Washington last week. Last week, I sent Congress a budget request with commitments to boost our submarine production and maintenance capacity here in the United States. Biden went out of his way to make sure that everyone in the U.S. political system understood that he wanted the AUKUS nuts and bolts delivered. And he explicitly called on Congress to pass the legislation. Democrats and Republicans alike understand the strategic value AUKUS brings to our nations. And I urge Congress, I urge Congress to pass our AUKUS legislation this year. But ultimately, the US president can't actually guarantee its passage because there are a number of Republicans who remain either unconvinced or opposed to this idea of selling submarines to Australia in the 2030s. Can you give a personal guarantee that you can get all the necessary legislation through Congress? Do you know anyone in an elective office can give a personal guarantee that happens? Well, we'd like you to try. No, I'm going to try and I believe it will get done. Look, last week we requested $3.4 billion. So what are the sticking points for Republicans who are still unsure about this deal? So a lot of the concerns are around whether sending too many of the US's own submarines to Australia actually interferes with the US's own defence needs. And so that Congressional Budget Office report that I mentioned earlier warned that the US will find itself with fewer attack submarines in the 2030s. Mm. Other concerns include whether Australia actually has the security measures in place to make sure that you know top secret military information actually is protected from prying eyes. And The Australian government has gone out of its way to assure the Australian public that AUKUS won't actually lock us into a military commitment in advance, that Australia actually will control its own submarines and not be dictated to by the US. Now, some in the US system have seized on that to say, well, hang on, if we're selling submarines to Australia in the 2030s and therefore the US has less of its own submarines to be able to deploy in a a potential conflict... Does that mean that it's actually having the opposite effect, that AUKUS is not actually increasing US security uh, and strength, but actually is allowing Beijing to think that the allies aren't as closely aligned uh, as they otherwise might claim? Right. And so what do you think is the risk that AUKUS doesn't get the US Congress's support, crucially by the end of this year and before the US heads into its next presidential election? Well, AUKUS has always relied on so many things uh, going right and surviving multiple presidents and multiple congresses, but the timeframes were never were never assured. There is, of course, a risk um, that it gets delayed, which pushes it into a US election year. There's definitely a risk of that, and of course, that means that it starts to be at the mercy of domestic political campaigning. What would a Trump victory mean for AUKUS, do you think? Uh, Well, a Trump victory just means there's a lot more uncertainty around things. Know that he's not afraid to push his America first rhetoric and allies come second. So it's not hard to imagine a situation where Trump says, you know, we support AUKUS, but we don't support sending our own submarines to Australia in the 2030s unless you guarantee us you'll be with us in a war. Albanese, on his part, did also announce that the Australian government will pass legislation that could help to secure US support for the AUKUS deal. What would that involve? 
We don't actually have the legislation yet, but apparently the government wants to put it to parliament before the end of this year. It seems like there will be some effort on the Australian side to free up Australia's own export controls, but also put some extra security around the protection of US technology there. So we'll have to see what the legislation involves, but it appears to be an attempt to reassure the US side that we can protect those secrets and that we can interact with that US export control system. And there have also been concerns raised on the Australian side as well, right? Yeah, there have been some concerns raised in Australia. I would have thought this would be very, very expensive to the economy, not a plus to the economy. The former but- Foreign Minister Alexander Downer, who's from the Liberal Party, went on RN Breakfast this week uh, to warn that building nuclear-powered submarines in South Australia will drain the national economy. Getting the nuclear submarines is important to uh, national and more broadly regional security, so I'm in favour of that, but building them in Australia is way too expensive and it will never happen. He also labelled it a fairy tale and pork barrelling and said it would be better to just buy submarines from offshore. The Collins-class submarines could have been uh, built in Sweden. It probably would have been better to have built them in Sweden and, and just bought them from the Swedes. But, still. but so far, Albanese's managed to win over his own Labor Party, and now that's why he's focused on alleviating the concerns overseas in Washington to make the deal succeed. And I'm very confident in the discussions that I've had uh, with uh, Democrats and Republicans uh, that there is very broad support for the AUKUS arrangements and that there will be support for the legislation going forward. And I think that would be a very good thing. It is in the interests of Australia, but it's also in the interests of the United States. And everyone that I have spoken to, similarly in the United Kingdom, uh, across the political spectrum, are all supportive of the AUKUS arrangements. Next, Albanese prepares to visit China for the first time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The US President Joe Biden also took the opportunity to publicly warn Albanese ahead of his upcoming trip to China. What do you make of that? Hmm. It was a warning, but it was a gentle warning in a sense, um, because they would have spent a lot of their uh, meeting in Washington talking about how to grapple with China in the region. So at the press conference after their talks... Uh, What do you make of China's re-engagement with Australia? When asked whether Australia could trust China, Biden said it was important to trust but verify. This is a phrase. And uh, look, uh, China is having 
their own internal and external difficulties right now. As in, don't take the claims of the leadership in Beijing at face value. Biden himself mentioned that he once faced a question. When we put together the deal, I was asked by Xi Jinping, were we just trying to surround China? I said, no, we're not surrounding China. We're just making sure that the sea lanes remain open. Now, there's no suggestion that Albanese is, you know, out on a limb here when it comes to China. Uh, both the US and Australia are trying to stabilise their relationships with Beijing. But the US is a lot sort of more assertive, a bit more aggressive in pushing you know, competition with China, whereas the Australian government is trying to lower the, the rhetoric a bit and find ways to cooperate on certain areas. So I don't think that there's any major rift here, but it does go to explain why the next day... We are so delighted to welcome uh, you both, to welcome all of our friends uh, from down under to the top of the State Department. <laughs> Albanese told a US State Department luncheon that Australia remains clear-eyed about the challenges of the relationship with China. We're two nations with very different histories, values and political systems. Australia will always look to cooperate with China where we can, but we will disagree where we must, but continue to engage in our national interest. Our approach has been patient, calibrated and deliberate. Albanese does see Australia as a middle power that can play a role in continuing to have open discussion and dialogue in between those discussions between the US and China and encouraging closer sort of military hotlines and dialogue to ensure there aren't accidental clashes. I guess the the thing that both the US and Australian leaders aren't saying out loud is that China's rising threat is kind of at the heart of the desire to secure this AUKUS deal before the end of the year. So how do you think China's President Xi Jinping will factor in Biden's commentary as well as the recent discussion around AUKUS during Albanese's visit? Well, China certainly would have been watching. Uh, it's almost certain that regional security will be part of the talks in Beijing. Albanese, you would think, would be encouraging China and the US to agree on what they call guardrails. This is a concept pursued or pushed very strongly by Kevin Rudd. And this is the idea of finding things that they can agree on and reduce the chances of conflict through dialogue. President Xi would likely be urging Australia to come to its own view about the region, not to be pushed around by the US. The Prime Minister's trip to China is, of course, a significant one. He'll be the first Australian Prime Minister in seven years to do this since Malcolm Turnbull. What's at stake on this trip, do you think? Well, it's just another step in his government's efforts to stabilise the relationship. Remember, this hit rock bottom in 2020 when there wasn't even a chance for ministers to talk with their direct counterparts. And it's been on an upward trajectory since the election. Hmm. This trip will mark 50 years since then Prime Minister Gough Whitlam made a big trip to China and there'll be a lot of symbolism around that anniversary. And Albanese really is um, keen on this idea that dialogue in and of itself is a value. Mm. It reduces the chance of misunderstandings or, mis, you know, accidents. Um, Prime Minister, will you be raising China's ban on Australian seafood when you meet the President at the end of the week? Uh, I, I always raise uh, impediments to Australia's trade. Albanese also has often pointed to the progress that's been made in the last year and a half. Issues such as barley, hay, timber and wine uh, are either resolved or on the way to being resolved. Uh, this makes an enormous difference. Look at how coal has gone back to China. Look at how, you know, just in the last couple of weeks there was a breakthrough 
on China's really large tariffs on Australian wine. Uh, $1.2 billion uh, when it comes to wine. What that represents is Australian jobs. That's why it's in Australia's interest to be engaged in the world. Now, China hasn't removed those wine tariffs entirely as yet. They've agreed to review them over the next five months. Uh, But this is exactly the way that the barley tariffs were removed. There's an off-ramp there where Australia suspends its World Trade Organization challenge. And in the meantime, China's Commerce Ministry does a review, which in all likelihood will lead to them being scrapped. So there have been... There have been breakthroughs in the relationship. Albanese will likely use the trip to push for any further trade barriers to be removed. That's why the improvement in relations between Australia and China are in both of our nation's interests. It's in Australia's interest to be able to export our wonderful products to the world. Another thing that Albanese is likely to raise is human rights. Now, we don't know how much detail he'd go into, whether it would be going through the persecution of Uyghurs, for example. But... It is an issue that the Australian ministers and the Prime Minister have raised in the past and they've said they'll continue to speak plainly, directly but respectfully about Australia's position. Mm. There are some challenges that remain as well, even though the Australian journalist Chung Lei recently was released from custody. Another Australian, Dr Yang Hengjun, remains in detention in China and there's also a few other developments like in the last few months Hong Kong authorities vowed to pursue for life an Australian citizen and an Australian resident over their pro-democracy commentary. So none of those problems have gone away. Mm. So a number of things there on Albanese's agenda for when he meets President Xi Jinping. What are the issues that he could expect Xi Jinping to raise while he's there? Yeah, so I think neither country has fundamentally changed its policy positions. There's been some lowering of rhetoric from the Australian side and there's been some uh, easing of China's own wolf warrior diplomacy, basically very assertive, very forward-leaning comments by, you know, the foreign ministry spokesperson. But, you know, Australia, as we've discussed, is still highly committed to AUKUS and the alliance with the US. So I think China will be pursuing its argument that Chinese foreign investors in Australia are being treated unfairly and that there should be a non-discriminatory investment environment. And I'm sure there'll be discussion about other regional and global security issues where China will be clear in stating its own position. So Albanese is making a number of trips. He's gone to the US and he's also going to China. They both represent this fine line that I think Australia needs to walk between its major strategic defence ally and also its greatest trading partner in China. How how do you think he's going in, in walking that line? Well, I think so far he has succeeded in, in walking that fine diplomatic line. He's in the last week essentially reassured the US that he's fully on board with the alliance with the US and they've never been closer. Mm. At the same time, he's really trying to get as much progress as he can in the relationship with China. I think it's interesting that Australia and China both are talking about the relationship in different terms. Australia is saying that it only wants to stabilise the relationship and find ways to manage those differences in a wise way, whereas the Chinese ambassador here in Australia has been saying multiple times that they should be shooting for an improvement in the relationship, not just not just stabilising it. So I think the talk about stabilising it suggests that the Australian government thinks there are limits to where this can get to. I mean, at what point do they make as much progress as they can without Australia fundamentally changing any of its policies? One of those being AUKUS, of course, where 
it's very clear that the Australian government is not in any way taking a backward step on the nuclear-powered submarine plan and sees it very firmly as part of deterring China from taking action, for example, against Taiwan that would cause you know, major regional uncertainty. So it's quite possible that Albanese will be asked about what Australia's overall approach is to China in the region. So Australia's continuing support for AUKUS could risk straying that relationship further down the track. That was Daniel Hurst, Foreign Affairs and Defence Correspondent for Guardian Australia. Political editor Catherine Murphy is heading to China to cover Albanese's meeting with Xi Jinping. You can follow her coverage of his trip at theguardian.com. And if you like this episode, you can also go back and listen to my interview with Bruce Wolpe from earlier this year. He's the author of Trump's Australia. The episode is called What Would a Second Trump Term Mean for Australia? We'll post a link to that on the Full Story website in our show notes. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Karishma Luthria, Jacob Wallace and Joe Coning, who also did the sound design, mixing and composed our theme music. The executive producer for this episode was Hannah Parks. I'm Jane Lee. Thanks for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.